This episode of Pet Resource Radio is sponsored by Hills. At Hills, their decades of science and research guide the company in creating nutrition that's a step ahead, so pets and pet parents can enjoy every day together. As the U.S.'s number one veterinarian-recommended pet food brand, Knowledge is Hills' first ingredient, with more than 220 veterinarians, Ph.D. nutritionists, and food scientists working to develop breakthrough innovations in pet health. Hills Prescription Diet, Therapeutic Nutrition, plus the company's everyday foods, Hills Science Diet, Hills Healthy Advantage, and Hills Bioactive Recipe are sold at vet clinics and pet specialty retailers worldwide. For more information about Hills, their products, or their forward-thinking approach to nutrition, visit them at hillspet.com or hillsvet.com or connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Our outreach efforts are also supported by La Mega KC, Kansas City's Spanish radio station, and Hot 103 Jams, KPRS, Kansas City's number one station for hip-hop and R&B. We're talking about giving your pets a little extra enrichment this week on Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Dave Shapiro. And I'm Sierra Howe, and welcome to the program. We're coming to you from the room we call the Fishbowl here at Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. We're a nonprofit whose goal is to keep pets and people together through supportive services for folks who are in need. Yep, that's exactly who we are, and that's exactly what we do. Every day, all day. Every day, all day. How are you doing, Sierra? (laughs) Considering that I just ate a bag of Takis, I think I'm doing okay. Probably wasn't the right move to do before filming this. No, I think it'll it'll bring your energy up. Yeah, because my mouth is still on fire. Mm-hmm, yeah. But how are you? Oh, gosh. You know, it's been, it, I don't know, it's been a week. Hurt back. Um, that's no good. No, no good at all. I'll um, just push you around in your chair all day. That's fine. <laughs> please, please and thank you. It's the it's the getting up and sitting down that does it, really. Um, i tell you what. Why don't we go do some pet news? First up, Jackie Bassett noticed that the behavior of her 14-year-old dog, Poppy, started changing gradually. She'd stand and stare into space, and she would also wake up late at night and pace around, sometimes getting stuck behind the furniture. She took Poppy to the vet and got a diagnosis of dog dementia. According to the group Vets for Pets, a veterinary clinic chain in the UK, one in four elderly dogs and one in three elderly cats will develop dementia. But 85% of cases go undiagnosed, in part because many people consider the symptoms just a part of getting older, but they aren't. Poppy is doing all right in spite of the diagnosis, and her family has made some changes to make life a little easier for her. Because there's no cure for dementia, detecting it early is key. Changes in diet can help slow the progress of the disease, so if you're noticing behavioral changes in your elderly dog, it may be time to pay the vet a visit. Yeah. Something that you don't really think about. Yeah, Um, and it's not the best news. No, it's not. But I think we're all prepared that it will get to that point. It will happen. Right. Ties into our last episode. But yep, definitely. Um, it's good that if you detect it early, you can right. get you can more time with your pet. Exactly. And that's why paying attention to your pets, um, I don't know, just their behaviors and, and if things start to change, check in with your vet. I you panic. <laughs> yeah, for I sure. I go nuts. I'm, I'm like, like, squeaks, why are you doing that? Right? Yeah. Are you breathing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did that before I was even a mom to a human baby, but it's just my life now. Yeah. 
Next up, when Hurricane Ida blew through the U.S. just a few weeks ago, it was the second most damaging and intense hurricane to strike the state of Louisiana in recorded history. Evacuation orders were issued, and for one poor pup, that meant being left behind in dangerous conditions. Fortunately, the four staff members sent by the Washington, D.C.-based Humane Rescue Alliance were waved down by a resident who directed them to a dog that was stuck under a collapsed shed. Not only was the sweet pup dubbed Bubbles by the rescuers under the collapsed shed, but was also chained and tangled up in debris. All signs indicate the Bubbles had been there since the storm hit several days before. He was rescued by the Humane Rescue Alliance and is resting easy at the Louisiana SPCA off that chain and getting lots of love from the staff. This was a tough week. It was a tough week. Uh, when yeah. the hurricane was happening and the aftermath of the hurricane, we made a post about tips. And I know some people feel like pets should be indoors, but there are some cases, especially clients that we work with, where the dog has to be outside. Mm-hmm. So it's really important the first signs you see of a storm to bring that pet inside. Yep. So maybe benefit of the doubt, these people just didn't know. Right. Or... I mean, they really could have forgotten to grab their pet or not even necessarily forgotten, just didn't. Just didn't. Um, So, yeah, it's it's, unfortunate. But luckily, the neighbor or who was it? um, A woman. Yeah, a resident in the area. Yeah. um, Was waved him down and and got got him off that chain. I mean, you know, don't have a dog on a chain. Yeah. Um, Also, I'll just throw that in there. We have tie-outs here yep. to replace the chains. Exactly. Things that aren't as heavy but are just as durable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, how about we go and talk with Dr. Anderson? All right. On this episode, we talk with Dr. Marta Andelson about something that's very important for both cats and dogs, enrichment. Dr. Andelson, as always, thank you for being on Pet Resource Radio. Good morning. We're going to talk a little bit about some enrichment. So let's start with explaining what exactly that is. Sure. It it can be kind of a vague term for those who aren't familiar with it. So enrichment is basically the process of adding to or manipulating an animal's environment in order to increase physical activity and to encourage normal species behavior in the setting that they live now. So in a domestic domesticated setting, usually in homes, sometimes farm animals need enrichment too. Mm. So that's included in this, but it is. You know a lot about that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, The goals are to increase physical activity and encourage normal species behavior. And so are there different types of enrichment? Yeah. Yeah. When we think of enrichment, we think of a variety of um, types. Nutritional enrichment is something that most people think of. I think Almost every pet owner gives their pets treats, so that is a a form of nutritional enrichment, although it can be overdone, and and there are more creative ways in which to include that. And that doesn't mean like food puzzles or anything like that. It's just normal treats. No, food puzzles are the the best way to do nutritional enrichment, um, but even the the reward process of giving a pet a treat stimulates a part of their brain and um, encourages a specific type of behavior. So along with nutritional enrichment, we have social enrichment. That's really important. Even if the the animal lives alone, there are ways that you can seek out social enrichment because most animals are not solitary when they live in the wild. We want to uh, give 
any pet the opportunity to feel that they are part of a, a group of other animals. does not have to be the same species, but it helps. Um, occupational enrichment is another type um, that is more specific to animals that have been bred for certain purposes, such as herding dogs. Um, but it's not only that. Training uh, any type of animal can be cats too, can be a form of occupational enrichment. It gives the animal a sense of purpose. It gives them something to do in which they understand they will be rewarded afterward. Sensory and physical enrichment are also different types of enrichment that we can include in an animal's daily routine. Cool. And then, so what are some of the benefits of enrichment? There are many. A big benefit is behavior. A lot of times people are concerned about anxiety in their pets, which is certainly a common problem that I see when coming for behavioral consultations. Literally my pets. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we can see a huge improvement in behavior. Anxiety can go way down in pets that are very consistently um, stimulated. We, we want them to have a break in the monotony of the daily routine of being around in a house and without much to do. So we can see a huge improvement in behavior, um, in <laughs> included in those is also, um, a stimulation for the puppies and kittens as they develop stimulating brain growth. If we, we leave them in a situation that's pretty sterile in terms of stimuli, they may not develop to the full capacity that they can. So it also stimulates brain growth and included in that. Just like humans. Exactly. Yeah. You you want a baby to have things to do and, and things to look at and touch and taste and feel. Okay. Um, same with puppies and kittens and even older pets. You know, the saying goes, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But that's not true. At any point in their life, they can be encouraged to problem solve and um boost their intelligence through various forms of enrichment. And it also creates a stronger bond with your pet. I know a lot of people really feel that they've been able to connect with their dog after taking their dog to training classes. Um, they it, it boosts dopamine and oxytocin when you play with your pet at home. And so it also fosters that important bond that we're here to protect. And finally, it can be a really good way for those pets who may have put on a few extra pounds yeah. to uh, encourage weight loss. I get, yep. I need um, to figure out something for him. Hopefully. <laughs> when we get down to the later topic of activities, I can try some of those. But. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Obesity is a really big problem we have in house pets. One of the, the leading reasons that vets see pets um, it may not be because the owner understands it's that they're obese. They see mobility issues. They see um, grooming issues. And those oftentimes stem hmm. from being overweight. So this is a great way to encourage those pounds to come off. And what happens when, I? well, I think we all know the answer. I guess I kind of just want you to say it. What happens when pets don't have enrichment? When they don't have enrichment, we can see destructive behavior. Yes. We can see aggressive behavior. Um, sometimes pets start to lose what makes them a dog or a cat, and they, they lose that play behavior. They lose the desire to be around other beings, not necessarily other dogs or cats, but um, it, it really takes them away from what they are naturally and, and can lead to problems that ultimately end in relinquishment of the pet. And, and yeah. sometimes it's simply because they were not provided the appropriate type of enrichment while they were 
in the home. And I feel like quite a few people come through here and they're like, well, my dog's doing this and I don't know why. And we can just offer them a bone or some type of toy, especially if they're outdoors, they still need enrichment. So Mm -hmm. that will help with that as well as we offer training classes. So if you need help where you can give us a call, I'll give you our number later, but let's get into cats because Mm -hmm. a lot of people think that cats don't need enrichment because they sleep all day or they're more independent, may not want many things to do with us or other pets. So how do we go about doing that for them? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think a lot of people don't recognize the importance of enrichment in their pet cats because they are much more independent. Dogs kind of seek out interaction with us and it's not necessarily the case for cats. Yeah. So a few examples of what I have found to be successful with my own house cats are um, giving them a variety of places to crawl into. It doesn't have to be Mm. something you go buy. My cat prefers the boxes that come in the mail over anything that I could buy at a pet store. So providing them different levels, different um, areas where they can perch, even better if it's by a window. But if you don't have a window and you have a a TV or, or a laptop, put on the bird feeder YouTube channel. That's just a live stream of bird feeders. My cat loves that. She's an only cat, so Mm -hmm. enrichment for her is really, really important for me. Um, And I I try to make sure that she has some sort of visual stimulation along with a physical stimulation in terms of where she can hide, whether it be in a cave-like area, like inside a box or on a perch that I put by a window. Um, In terms of Uh, exercise and play. My cat goes crazy for lasers. Lasers are probably the best way to get fast movement that mimics hunting behavior in cats. Um, If your cat doesn't go for lasers, try a string. Try try a string with a a feather on it. Um, Some cats really like catnip and you can get them to chase a a catnip toy. (laughs) It's kind of a a funny funny quirk that cats have. Well, mine gets aggressive because he's like, give me more. And I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah. We can see them get kind of crazy with catnip. But, you know, don't give up. Just because the cat doesn't play with the first toy that you bring in doesn't mean that it doesn't doesn't want to play. It just needs to be introduced to a, a big variety of options. And the the better toy is the one that makes the cat move. We don't want them to be sedentary because they are certainly far from that in the wild. I will say, just out of experience, my cat is obsessed with the little sticks on the window that turn the blinds mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. He'll jump up there because we only have half windows. Yeah. So he yeah. wants to see out of the window. And it's like three o'clock in the morning and he's he's overweight. And so all of his like chunkiness is like in my face. And then he jumps and he slams on my head. So they will find things to dis- not necessarily destroy, but to entertain themselves that you don't necessarily want them to do. Yeah. They will find ways to enrich themselves if we don't give it to them. So (laughs) that's another reason to give your pets enrichment. (laughs) And and you bring up a good point about cats. It's important to remember that they are naturally nocturnal. And um, if you find that they're wanting to play only when you're asleep, then provide them ways that will allow you to continue sleeping. So there are some automated toys Um, I got used to leaving on the Bird Feeder YouTube channel overnight because that was when my cat was most active and she really got a a distraction and an interaction 
through that. So don't assume also if you're trying to play with your cat during the day, which is naturally nap time, that yeah. they aren't playful. They're usually more stimulated during the night. And he loves hair ties, which scares me to death because I don't want him to eat them. But yeah, they'll find something to do. So let's get back a little bit into dogs. So let's talk about some things, some activities that we can enrich our pets with, with things that we can buy or mm-hmm. things that are free. Sure. So I'll just go through each of the categories that I mentioned earlier and give you an example. So I talked about nutritional enrichment, puzzle feeders. We've already brought up puzzle feeders are great for dogs or cats. They come in a variety of options. Not every puzzle feeder works for every pet. You can also do things like freezing um, a little bit of chicken broth in an ice cube tray Um making your own puzzle feeder that way you can get a pvc pipe and drill holes and just put scents in there and and keep their nose busy i think we've done that for a client yeah yeah so nutritional enrichment please do not take to mean your pet needs more treats um low calorie nutritional enrichment um another thing that i like are the kong toys because they're not a risk of being a, a foreign body you can fill kong toys with peanut butter Uh, cold carrots, things like that, frozen green beans. um, Healthier things. Healthier things, the better. But food puzzles. Peanut butter is always my go-to. I know I need to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Remember food puzzles. In terms of social enrichment, um, doesn't necessarily mean taking your dog to a dog park, but that's a great way to do it. If your dog has not come in contact with many other dogs, I would recommend getting social enrichment through a dog training class. Um, For cats, it might mean having a variety of new people coming to your home and getting the cat used to interacting with different people who smell different. They might be bringing their own pets odors in. If your cat does well with other animals, you can certainly introduce them. Cats can be a little more particular in terms of the animals (laughs) that they want to interact with. But social enrichment um, in any form is important. Uh, I talked a little bit about occupational enrichment Playing sports like agility, fetch, things like that. Dogs and cats can do them. It's not just dogs. I used to have a cat who would play fetch with the bath plug. You just throw it in the bathtub and he'll run and bring it to you and it would, he would just want to do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So don't exclude your kitties from training and agility or fetch because I've often found cats enjoy that. Um, and then training at home. Sit, stay, shake, come down, all of those things are good ways to boost the the cerebral development, so the brain development of the animal. Sensory enrichment, um, different, if your dog's in a, in a kennel, putting different visually stimulating things outside of the kennel, different things they can look at. They don't want to look at the same wall every day that they're in the kennel, so different things. Or um, sounds, you can put the radio on, you can put a, a podcast on, you can put just a music station on um, that kind of thing is all great for dogs and cats and then physical enrichment um, safe toys things that they can play with safely without supervision is really important I mentioned Kongs um, different features if they're in a pen or a run or a specific room so a raised bed um, a ramp going up things to that you do else. not even think about could be enrichment mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so it's just a small exam- a number of examples to base what your creativity can take you off of. 
Um, but I do recommend that you do some Googling. If you just type in pet enrichment ideas, you'll come up with a whole bunch of things. I looked at the Ohio State University College of Vet Meds and Purdue Universities. Um, both of those have pages dedicated to animal enrichment and giving you the ideas to do that. So a quick Google search will elicit a lot of ideas. Well, thank you, Dr. Andelson. This is all super helpful. I even learned some things that I'm going to try for my pets. But we know you have a big surgery coming up, so we're going to let you go. Thanks, guys. Thank you. This episode drops at the beginning of National Dog Week when we celebrate the dogs in our lives and make sure we're giving them a little extra TLC. How soon in a person's life do they benefit from having a dog? Pretty much immediately. Kids exposed to indoor pets within the first year of life are much less likely to be allergic to that animal as they get older. Dogs in the home make it less likely for kids to get eczema, and kids who live with the dogs tend to have a slightly more activated immune system as they get more exposure to dirt and allergens that dogs bring in from being outside. There are also a lot of social benefits. Dog parks, training classes, pet-friendly businesses. These are all places where dog owners congregate and meet each other. For elderly dog owners, who may be mostly homebound, this isn't just an opportunity for their pet to socialize, but for them as well. Social connections are what keep us going. Pet ownership provides a lot of health benefits for people as well. Studies show that pet owners have lower blood pressure and cholesterol than those who don't, and dogs in particular reduce their risk of a heart attack. Now, why is that? Well, one theory making the rounds is the idea that owning a dog makes you go outside. It makes you go for walks. It makes you play with your dog. But beyond the physical, dogs tend to live in the moment. So for those of us who get caught up in everything that's on the horizon, spending time with their dog allows them to be right there in that singular moment. That kind of mindfulness has very positive effects on people, which is why it's not uncommon for everything from elder care centers to universities to have therapy dogs. And that's powerful stuff. Not only that, but for many people, pets provided a sense of stability. People will often neglect their own best interests if they're depressed or anxious, but when your pet's there, you have to rally. You have to feed them or else, you know, you have to have you have to take your dog for a walk, you have to change out the water bowl. Having someone that depends on you can be very grounding, especially for folks who live alone. The animal-human bond is a fantastic thing. That's why we focus on it here at PRCKC. We've seen lives changed and turned around, people literally overcoming physical difficulties because they know their pet is depending on them. Our friend Robin, who we've talked about before, was having difficulty recovering from a stroke. Um, He discovered a big energetic dog digging in his trash, took him in, and his recovery speed increased exponentially. Because instead of just sitting around all day until physical therapy, he had someone depending on him. Someone who cared for him, waiting. And chances are you've got a dog at home that cares for you and is waiting for you as well. So this National Dog Week, take a little extra time to show them some love and then give them even more love from us. They deserve it. Now we say goodbye to you, friends. Big thanks again to Dr. Andelson for being on the show today. As for us, we're a nonprofit whose goal is to keep pets and people together, and you can help. Just go to prckc.org and you can donate, volunteer, shop our online store, and more. And right now, all donations are being doubled through October 15th, so there's never been a better time to help us out. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, be sure to rate us and leave us a review. That always helps new people find us. And be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at PRR Podcast on both platforms. Tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as Woodrow Wilson said, if a dog will not come to you after having looked you in the face, you should go home and examine your conscience. Take care. 
Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, produced, written, and hosted by Sierra Howe and David Shapiro, recorded, mixed, and edited by Dave Shapiro, music by Hazel Raw Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash Musical Industries.